Click that. Remind me to show you golf clubs. I'm not doing that. After the show. Nope. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Okay. Ready to go, my friend. Ready. Do you want to go now? Yeah. Whatever you're ready. I'm going to try to do this shit one take, nigga. Freestyling this bitch. Here we go. In three, two. Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Marlins really are in the wild card hunt. Dolphins football is back, and so is only fans. Messi is still undefeated in the MLS, and the Hurricanes get off to a great start. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Yes, sir. We back. Feels like forever, but it really isn't. It's been a forever and a half. It's been a, it's been a good minute. It's good, been a good minute. Good I mean, to see you, I, my boy. Good to see you, brother. I wonder how our how our listeners feel. You know, the, those those that ride or die with us. I know, mean, hopefully if if they noticed that we weren't around last. For week. sure, they noticed, right? Because I got a couple of messages. But if you really keep up with the show, you're subscribed to the YouTube podcast, uh, to the show on the YouTube channel, Sports yep. with So So. Yep, yep. And we got a lot of great content out there right now. We got the 365 flag football video, which is doing awesome numbers. Um interview with Vic about Terrence Crawford and Spencer fight was amazing we have the latest episode that we did prior to this one before we took that vacation here um yeah man it's it's coming out and now we got some BKFC event information uh not information but content uh to put out there pretty soon too so shout out yeah yeah shout out to Jesse shout out to Jose man for for holding it down but yeah bro it's been a lot man and a lot of things have happened in the in the time that since we've last recorded, yeah, and the summer and the summer, right? Labor Day, right? Usually that's what Labor Day marks, right? Kids back so in school. Officially. The dog days of summer are completely over. Football is back. Isaac, we are back. Yes, everything this is, is the back. best time of the year. Yeah, for sure, it, it is the best time of the year because you get all four major sports happening at the same time. Right, I love me you got sports equinox. Yeah, right. You got baseball. You got football going on. You have <clears throat> college football going on and then the start of hockey later on this month, you know, like there's a lot happening in this fall. So, well, I mean, if you talk about us locally, which is what this show does, right? We do got a lot already ramping up. I mean, we went from having just the Marlins to, you know, the Hurricanes just kicked off. Uh, Dolphins are about to kick off. Messi's tearing it up. Um, you also got um FIBA going on yes um which I mean maybe you're not following FIBA but, but, but USA still. just got their first loss and, and now they're bounced back today with a huge win and not only so, that in that tournament you're seeing a lot of the NBA stars right playing for other nations which is cool right it's not just some of the heat stars some of the young absolutely. heat stars that we have like Nikola Jovic and stuff out there balling so boy there is some relevance still to the local community it's been going on so I mean we're ramping up man it's 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 like I said best time of the year dog. Best so time I of cannot year. wait to start getting into this absolutely dog let's 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 jump straight into it and let's start with the Marlins. Um, Los Marlins. We had questioned if they were really serious about being a contender for the wild card spot. Yeah. And although 
you know, you look at their last 15 games and you're like, all right, maybe they're not impressive. Just the fact that they have that fight in them to kind of pull themselves back into that wild card race really shows a lot about this young team and the makeup of their coach, right? And and how and how they perceive themselves to be because they really see themselves as a team that can win right now. Um, they have pieces, right? Um, even though Robinson is a piece, Robertson was a piece that we brought in that hasn't really worked out for us. Everything else has seemingly really worked for the Marlins as far as the trades, right, have gone. Now, this has been such an up and down season for them. It's quite entertaining to see them right where we would hope or thought would be their best for their outcome of the season, right? Being in the wildcard hunt. And that's what they are. Half a game back after a four-game sweep of the Nationals, our first time ever sweeping the Nationals for four games in a series, shows you that the Marlins can really do it, man. And and there is really something to the nucleus. Uh, wow, let me try that word again. One, one nucleus time. of this team and how it's, you know, developing to become a real contender. That's what we're seeing right now. That's what we hope for, dog. I mean, we talked about it. You know, that's that's what we want for the Marlins is just to be relevant, just to be competitive, go out right. there and win games, go out there and win series. Um, you know, and in the grand scheme of things, you know, all things considered, we're we're competing. We're like you said, you use the word contender. You know, we're looking like a wild card contender. We're not looking like, you know, a, a conference, you know, division, conference, world series contender just yet. You know, there's still a lot of question marks, but we know we can at least compete for that spot, you know, to, to be in that conversation for the playoffs. And as fans, I mean, that's what we want. You know, we want the Martins to at least go out there and start to build something, you know, build off of something and yeah. getting into the playoffs, you know, via a wild card spot, you know, meaning finishing out the last 25 games of the season in a solid effort or with a solid effort, it can put you in that position. And, that's all we want, bro. Just give us a shot, you know, to Absolutely. help control your own destiny. And look, you, you think about it as a young team, it's really hard for you to go out there and win on the road, right? Yeah. It's really hard. And the Marlins just did that four times in a row against a, a tough national squad and not a really good team, but they're a tough team, right? Established uh, with certain veteran players. So a, a, a very good barometer to say where are the marlins as far as the division are they better on the upper echelon or are they on the bottom they proved right now that they're on the upper echelon so far this season and they need to continue to put up those those type of performances i was really impressed over the weekend um even though i wasn't you know wasn't in town but i'm keeping up with sandy pitching that game and yeah, he gave up some runs and he had a bad inning, but he he bounced back and stayed in it. And that's the kind of Sandy that we saw last year make a lot of appearances. He ended up winning that game when we got the 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 game winning or go ahead run in the in the ninth. But he pitched eight strong innings, right? That guy is a catalyst for this team. And when he's put up the performances that he has recently, it, it makes the Marlins feel confident. Now, does he have his occasional blow up? Yup, it happens with him. And and for whatever reason, it's happening this season to him. But the Marlins, when they when they get behind Sandy and they're starting to put up runs and, and they can play themselves into a, a being of offensive type team, that's when the Marlins have really been at their best. And it shows on their road record. They're creeping towards getting to 500. They're 32 and 36 on the road right now. Um, not the greatest, but for such a young team, like I said, that's very impressive. And they've been taking care of business at home with having a, a you know, a 38 and 31 record 
that's seven games, man. And if for such a young team, like I said, it's very impressive. First year uh, manager bringing in a bunch of new players, calling up players, expecting the most out of the guys that we had that didn't do well last year, i.e. Jesus Sanchez. That guy has been on a tear this season and not enough people are talking about him except for the broadcasters, of course, right? But those are the things that are making or made this Marlins team more watchable this year. Now they're getting back into that brand of baseball. And even though offensively they're at the bottom of the National League when it comes to a lot of the categories, they're still consistent because on the flip side of that, they're one of the most average uh, defensive teams. That means that when they win, they win games, not necessarily on their offense. They win it more on their defense. Could that be a, a, a catalyst or something that really helps them push into the playoffs? I think so. Because, yeah, we got this upcoming series against the Dodgers, which we lost to in Los Angeles, right? Two games out of three. Now they're coming here. Can we repeat that where we give them two out of three losses, make it back-to-back series wins, and continue to put the pressure on the teams ahead of us, which is Philadelphia, Chicago Cubs, Arizona, Cincinnati, put pressure on those teams that force them to win more games and, you know, kind of let the Marlins play freely. And and I don't know, man, I, I feel like they have more fun when they play like that. Even Jazz making defensive plays, and he looks like he's having fun more than he did earlier in the season. So that that's right there <clears throat> is uh, it's going to be something we need you know you mentioned the catalyst you know and we definitely need a catalyst because you know we had it early on in the season and after the all-star break leading into the all-star break and then immediately right after we kind of fizzled everybody knows that um <clears throat> we're, we're picking up steam again but we got 25 games like i said we we, we th- this is crunch time this is kind of like a miniature version of the postseason at this point because yeah you know you're talking about what eight series or less yeah. seven series seven eight series is what you have left so it, it, you can't just rely now on, you know, hoping that you get some easy wins down the road. Like you're going to have to fight for these because all these other guys that are in the playoff picture already, as of right now, the season ended today. Yeah, they're they're still with that mindset of we're not in the playoffs yet. We, we want you know, we need a better spot in the in the playoffs in the wild card. We're, we're only a game behind Arizona right now, who's 70 and 68. Yeah, I think. Or is it no, a half game. half game behind? So. It, it, the race is real tight, and you, you nailed it. We got to win this next series against the Dodgers. We have to. Not only because it's at home, Joel, but because of who we'd be playing next. We would face the Phillies in Philadelphia, which, right, it's a which hard, are hard playing place. some good baseball right really now. Really good baseball, right? That's a playoff fucking team, yeah, right. And, uh, and and even if it wasn't a playoff team, they would probably be one of those teams that have a good a, a good you know. But as far as making it to the World Series, right? Because they are such a complete team. They have pitching, hitting, a solid bullpen, really good manager. So you you look at Philadelphia and you're like, yeah, that's the series we got to get. But we have to make sure we take care of home and make sure that we beat the Dodgers in order to keep putting the pressure on a team like the Phillies to win. So that way, when we get to Philadelphia, maybe we can make a bigger jump if we take two out of three, right? And now we went from being a half game back to being a half game ahead. That's a huge swing and can yeah. really swing the momentum towards the rest of the season. You mentioned that we got less than 25 games left. Martins really need to be putting on their best type of baseball and more than anything, their best type of effort. Yeah. Because right now, we while we have good quality starting pitching, it hasn't been lights out, right? It hasn't been lights out. The best way to help a pitcher 
in a game is making zero mistakes on everything. You make every catch, you make every pick cleanly, you make every throw cleanly. Even if you may not get the out, but you're putting it on the money. Sure. You're minimizing the amount of errors that you guys put up in a game. And that in itself is going to help the pitchers feel more comfortable about putting the ball in play and letting their defense do their job. So do you, would you, are you saying that the Marlins have an issue with mistakes and errors? That's what I feel like led them to a lot of their bullshit that happened after the, the All-Star break. They were playing sloppy baseball. You go back and look, and it's an error by this guy. Two errors in a game. And then, you know, stupid shit that leads to just bad momentum. And, and baseball is a game of momentum more than any other sport. If you're in good vibes and good spirits throughout the clubhouse, it's going to show itself on the field. When something's off in the clubhouse, it's going to show itself on the field, right? And the Marlins suffered through that. And I think the, the biggest thing that they suffered from was the lack of energy. Yuri Perez was providing that energy. He was a young phenom, came out hot, five and one, this and that. And then the Marlins sent him away. It probably took away from the presence inside of the locker room and made everybody realize like, oh, oh shit, they're expecting us to win more games now. It's not as fun anymore. And it probably killed the Marlins. Now I think that Yuri's been back. The energy's back in the clubhouse. We're seeing better effort from the guys. We're seeing the team picking each other up. Guys, you know, encouraging each other from the, from the bench. Those are things that make baseball teams better. Yeah, you need to have the pieces. You need to have good hitting and all this other stuff, whatever. But you need to have the energy. And my, right now, it looks like the Marlins have the energy. That game, that Sandy pitched the other day when we won 6-4 against the Nationals, we would have lost that game, dog. A month ago, a month and a half ago, we would have lost that game because we would have been out of it mentally. The Marlins stayed in it, and they got what they deserved, which was a valid W, hard-fought W, to complete the sweep. That's what they need, man. The good news is, you know, luckily we stayed afloat, you know, to, right. to relevance. We didn't fall so far below where we can't, you know, make something happen. Right. I, I think, you know, we, we are still in control of our own destiny right now. And, it, and it's a matter of just we got to put it all together. Like you said, man, we, we need, our you know, our guys to not make those mistakes, give the confidence to the pitchers that their team's backing them up. And then most importantly, man, we got to get some hits. Yeah. We got to get some hits. Look, we're, we're, we're facing a very good team in the Dodgers, facing a very good team in Philadelphia, and, and even after that, Milwaukee. I mean, the Dodgers don't scare me as much. Sorry to cut you off because their pitching isn't as good as Philadelphia. We're facing Clayton Kershaw tomorrow, dog. Well, well when, the when the recording comes out. Overall, they're, they're entire, like the, the Phillies have a bunch of guys that can throw on the mound that, you know, mm -hmm. can sauce us up. So Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. But I, I think the Marlins are definitely on the right path. They're definitely heading in the right direction. It's this season, no matter what the outcome is, right? When we review it, the season is going to have a positive impact on how we look at this team moving forward. Because we know, like I said, that there's a nucleus in this team of really good performers that we can rely on for the immediate future and in the future itself. So, uh, but if we're sticking to this season, I really expect them to win. Let's see, one, two, three... Four, five, six, seven, eight series left. You got to get at least five out of these eight. I agree. Right? If you're talking about really making the playoffs as a wild card team. Yeah, because you, you, you don't do that, you know, unless unless you're sweeping some of those series. If those are full sweeps, that may Tough. be mathematically possible, maybe, I guess. I maybe, don't even know. But, but No, because it's not <laughs> even division opponents anymore. It's Philadelphia, and then after that, Milwaukee, Atlanta, last divisional opponent that we're going to face. 
We faced the Yankees the twice, Brewers once more, and we end the season against the Pirates. For those of you that don't know, let me just show you a little bit of the playoff picture right now. Diamondbacks <laughs> are in the sixth spot at 71 and 67. We're on the outside looking in at 70 and 67. Correct. 70 wins, 67 losses. All right. Some other guys that are in the playoff picture, you got uh, <clears throat> you got the Brewers, you know, 76 and 61. You got the Cubs, 74, 64. You got the Braves sitting at the top, 90 wins. 46 losses. Yeah. Nice. That is a unit, bro. Those That's guys, those guys are not to be messed with. That's a squad, man. And, you know, like I said, the Marlins still have enough. Luis Arias is still leading the majors in, in batting average. You know, he just hit his sixth home run on season, has 61 RBIs. Guy's been killing it this year. I don't know what else we're, we're expecting from this guy, but we have pieces. We have enough to make the, the, the wild card interesting. Yeah. That's what I expect. <clears throat> That's what we want. Five out of the eight series, Marlins got to win to make it and, and really put themselves in the playoffs. That should be dope because then we're talking about what? That's four straight franchises making the playoffs? No, three, right? That would be a third. I mean, what do you call did, them out? Did the Dolphins make the playoffs? Did the Dolphins make the playoffs? I don't remember right now. We, got, we did. We just lost in the first round. All right, so Dolphins made it. Heat made it. Panthers made it. MLS is still happening, but we'll get to them right now. And then the Martins would be the fourth. Yeah. Look at that. Four straight post-season appearances for franchises down here. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. Um, let's, let's talk about our, our favorite sport on this show, Joel. I'm rocking my Legion of Zoom shirt available at Empire Boutique. Holla. Nice. Uh, got my dog, Tyreek Hill. as the first pick of my draft. I was like, this is my what dude. What were you? I was six or seven. Yeah, I got 12 him. 12-man league, half I, PPR. I got him in a six, in a 12-man league. I got him at the sixth spot. Yeah. I got Tyreek yeah, as well. Yeah, and yeah. then I got my dot Tua later on in the draft nice, for the, for the nice. stack. I, I, I didn't go with Tua early. I went with Lamar Jackson in the third round. But I, I really believe in. Wild. Yeah. Big you time. wild. I'm wilding. But hey, if it works, you You're guys are going to hear about son. it. You're, You're going to hear about it if, if it works. Right? I have a feeling we're not going to hear shit. But my point being with taking Hill, right, and feeling so confident and taking him is, like, he put up really amazing numbers last year, right, overall as a wide receiver in fantasy and even in the NFL, right? And that was without Tua for, like, six, seven games. So even without our number one QB, this dude is just producing. So shows me that, yeah, he's he's the, the X factor for sure on this offense. Tua is the main guy, but Tyreek Hill is always going to be the X factor. And the fact that we have him here is, is, is still amazing to me. It's wild. And then you think about his teammate, the guy, the other guy on my shirt, Jalen Waddle, and what he was able to do, right, with the same, pretty much the same stats, right, without having his main guy, Tua, throwing the ball to him for like six, seven games. And those guys still put up really good seasons as teammates, like broke records and shit. That's what I'm expecting to see this year really take off when it comes to Dolphins football. I know that we have a tons of questions about Fangio and his defensive schemes. How's it going to look? How's it going to look against the Chargers, right? Which we're going to break down a little bit later. But I feel like the, the most important thing is how fluid this offense is in, in a way of scoring points in a game often and not struggling or having to take too many drives in order to get points on the board. That's that's going to really be the 
the main thing to, for me to focus on this year with this Dolphins team because of how we're built offensively. You know, even with that kid Arcane um, making the, t- the team, the, the running back, the rookie running back making oh. the team, he made the team. And I was like, yeah, they really like this kid. And I see it because in the preseason, he was killing it. And now you put him behind a guy like Mostert, fast, strong dude. We saw a commitment to the run early on in the preseason. Now we give it, now we have two really good backs that are explosive, can make plays and break out long runs. And I just think that this offense should be able to score with more fluidity this year, a lot more ease this year, especially with having Tua, you know, back there in the huddle. That's, I think most people are going to say that's the biggest question mark. I think you're probably a part of that school of thought is Tua. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, bought, <laughs> I'm 100% bought in. Uh, well, I know a lot of people still aren't, you know, and, and some of it, it might be, you know, is just his general skill and what he can provide when he's healthy. And some of it is, can he stay healthy? You know what I mean? People are, you know, can he take a fall and all that stuff? He's actually been working on that this off season, you know, taking impacts and, and, and how, you know, how he takes uh, shots and all that stuff. And, um, hopefully he has a healthier season this year. Cause we, we've seen already in a couple seasons, what he's able to do when he's on the field and healthy. Oh yeah. And with the weapons that he, you just named off Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, um, you know, our a chain, our rookie running back, who you just alluded to Moster, you know, we have a lot of weapons for him at his disposal. Um, the biggest question mark for me, and I'll keep talking about this until they prove otherwise is the O-line. Yeah. You know, we don't have a lot of depth in my opinion at O-line. We just traded away an O-lineman and we got a center the division. Back. Huh? But we got a center. That we had yeah, for earlier. Yeah, sure. You know, we're, we're still making moves and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we just signed the guy. We, we just reset the the market for fullbacks in the NFL. There, yeah. there wasn't one, essentially. And we gave a long-term contract to a fullback because he's one of the best blockers in the NFL. Yeah. So, shout out to Alex Engel. Shout man. out to Alex Engel, man. Because, Mindset, baby. you know, he got a three-year, you know, $30 million deal or something like that. Yep huge that's awesome for him you know but you see what that kid can do for our offense as far as blocking and opening up holes and things like that and it's like i'd love to see that but who's the guy on the o-line besides armstead who was hurt earlier this year in the preseason yeah and you know who's the guy's gonna step up is it gonna be eichenberg is it gonna be hunt you know who's gonna be that guy on the offensive line that's gonna make sure that Tua gets enough time to get the ball to all those weapons i think a big portion of that is gonna be the evolution of connor williams right um, I say that because now he's our main center, right? And he's the guy that we're putting responsible. So I feel like now that Connor makes knows that he's not going anywhere and he's solidified in his spot, allows him to be more of a leader on that O-line instead of relying on Armstead, right? If Connor can be the one who's more vocal about coverage, blitz packages, pickups, and all that stuff, and really orchestrate the O-line on the field, then then we should see an improvement. You know what I mean? We should see an improvement because I really do think the Dolphins are invested in Hunt, right? They really do like him and he played well for a majority of the season. Same thing with Austin Jackson. He had a lot of dumbass penalties, but there was a lot of good blocking from that kid, you know, and he's learning that position as he goes. So for for all the questions that people may have about the offensive line, I feel like we're going to see a lot of that be answered also by having Tua back there. That's going to be a big-time beneficiary part of the offense, having Tua back in the huddle. And I say that because that shows that his mental maturity, Joel, has gone up another level. 
last year, we we kind of willed him through our TV sets, right? To be like, yo, get rid of the ball earlier. Get rid of it. You're taking this hit unnecessary, right? Um, now, I think that he is aware of that. And he realizes that he still has a, the next play could be the bigger play. Doesn't have to do it right now. The next play could be the bigger play. And just from him maturing like that mentally, being able to take the hits, knowing how to take a hit, knowing how to fall back, and 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 really taking that challenge onto himself shows that he's ready to be a long-term type QB. It's not about just, oh, I'm going to rely on my athletic abilities and my heart and my strength, you know what I mean? No, nah, I'm going to do things mentally the right way, which can allow my body and physicality to take over whenever I need it to. So I really think that we're going to see a, a different level of tool, a smarter tool. Not necessarily saying that he's not going to take as many risks because when you have this much offensive power, you have to take risk. But I think he's just going to be a lot smarter about it. And it's just going to be a, a better version of this tool that we've seen here. There's no question about it that Mike McDaniel loves this guy, right? And he he loves this guy for a reason, for what he brings to the table and to the team. He's a really accurate thrower, can throw deep balls, knows when to run. Now he learned how to take hits, right? And and not when to take hits. He's probably going to be the most complete version of a tool that we've seen. So if we get that version of tool, based off what we saw last year in the early parts of that tool, Man, how could how could the new evolutionary tool not be that much better? It's going to be a lot better, which is why I mentioned the offense being able to get down the field with ease and score touchdowns. It's yeah, not going to be struggling. We saw it last year, bro. When he's healthy, we can get down, we can score in the red zone, make big plays, all that stuff. He just needs to stay healthy. And I think, you know, you mentioned it. Part of it is you got to get got to get rid of the ball sooner, man. We got to get rid of the ball sooner. I hope that they worked on that this offseason. I yeah. hope that was a priority number one for Tua besides learning how to take hits, you know, it, because there was times where it's like, man, you can clearly see, man, like how do you not know that you're holding the ball too long? Like you just have had, like something should go off in your head. Like, wait a minute. Like something's wrong this here. Is, there's something wrong. Like some, there's, it's taking way too long right now. You know, get rid of the ball, man. So hopefully that that's an adjustment that's made. I'm, I'm curious also, you know, for this defense, man, you know, new, new uh, coordinator, new system. Um, a lot of great pieces. Um, I just want to see how it all comes together against, a, a, you know, especially first game of the season is a test for us with an explosive offense in the Chargers. Yeah. So I want to see how we match up against, you know, that that unit that has been together, meshing together for the last couple of years. You know, how does somebody like Fangio operate against that that offense? And, and you know, how do we compete against those guys? I think he's going to have to take, uh, you know, into account how to slow down Herbert is by getting to Herbert. And there's been a lot of talk about Chris Wilkins' contract situation and what the Dolphins expect for him as far as a sacks number goes for this year. Um, I think that we're going to find ways to blitz him in ways that only Fangio can think of, but just put that extra pressure on quarterbacks this year. And hopefully these guys do a good enough job as far as getting that pressure or beating the first man in order to get to the second level. I also think that the defense is going to be heavily reliant, reliant on the cornerback play. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but Cater Kohu got that starting spot opposite of um, Xavier Howard for the time being, for the time being while Jalen is out. And I think that that spoke, you know, highly, highly of how Cater has really taken this role to be his and really put himself as a true number two, 
right? Um, and then that's crazy because then we'll have two number ones and a number two as as far as a defensive backfield. Um, yeah, man, I, I think that he's going to use those guys. He's going to use the Brandon Jones. He's going to use a healthy uh, Javon Holland, right? And, and put those guys in positions where, yeah, the team is going to do a blitz, but if you're in this area, be looking for the ball in order to make the turnovers. And I think that's where we're going to see the the impact in the game against the Chargers. I feel like we're going to force the Chargers into a lot of turnovers, you know, where we've, we're forcing them to throw the ball. I don't think they want to rely on Eckler getting, you know, 25 touches uh, as far as a running back running the ball. Nah. I think they're looking more to get him the ball in the open field. Yeah, and that's the dangerous part too. You know, if you're bringing the house, you're blitzing and you're also playing man in the zone or I'm sorry, man back, you know, in the <clears throat> in the field, then that exposes, you know, Eckler for those screens, those little dump off screens and when he's in open field, you know how deadly he is, but yeah. Um yeah, I think that's the key, man. We got to get to Herbert. We got to, you know, just kind of cut him off at the head, which, you know, is there going to be their quarterback? If we can, we can, we can get to him, we can slow those guys down. Um, but they're, they're definitely, they're, I mean, they're, we're underdogs in this game and, you know, we're yeah, on the road, they're at home. You know, this is not a, a this is going to be, it's not going to be an easy season opener for the Dolphins or for them either. Right. No, because definitely not for them. I feel like it's going to be a, not necessarily a low scoring game, like 14 to 17, but like, it's not going to be an offensive output from either team. Right, it's going to be probably the first team who can get into the 30s or at close to the 30s to win the game. I just think that the Dolphins' defense is much better than the Chargers' defense. Right, yeah, like I agree. Like I'm expecting Chubb and Zeller um, to have really good games on Sunday, and especially off of Zach getting getting that contract and getting paid. I think that he recognizes that within this defense, he's going to be in a position to make big plays, not just make the tackle like we saw him do a bunch last year or whatnot. Make the big play, get the sack, get the guy in the backfield for four yard loss or something like that. You know, as far as Eckler, you mentioned something like, he, yeah, he's going to have space. But that's where I think Fangio is going to be betting on that. The guys that he has in defensive back position are going to be able to make the tackle early. The first guy make the tackle, not the second guy. If if you can, as a defensive back, if you can be the first guy to the ball and be the first guy to take down the guy then more often than not, you're doing your job as a defense because that's a short yard carry or catch, right? Yeah. In most cases. So, I, and yeah, again, the, the, those guys have been good. Cam Smith played really yeah, well. Have. The Rook's been great. Right? I mean, where is he standing right now? Third, fourth? In he's the third. Third? Yeah. I mean, he's he's played a good enough. And the yeah. only reason you don't give him the second spot, you know, over Kohu is because he is the Rook and he, he didn't, you know, Overly, he got burned on a couple plays. Like he, right. he wasn't like perfect, you know what I mean. But that's that that tells you a lot right there. The fact that he is in that spot, yeah. I expect to see a lot of him on on Sunday as well. But um, we know that uh, Ramsey and Jeff Wilson Jr. are going to be out for four weeks at least, yeah. right? They're yeah. on the pup, which is another interesting point. So we're, we only have really two healthy running backs with with uh, releasing of or waving of Miles Gaskin, who's now with the Vikings. Um, that leaves us with. Um, Salva Nachman behind Raheem Mostert because the rookie A-Chain is dealing with an injury and Jeff Wilson, like you just said, is out for the first four weeks. Yeah, but I think they were just being cautious with the rookie. I think the rookie's going to show that he is better. Like, I think that's the reason why they got rid of Gaskins so easily because they know that the rook is better than Gaskins right I don't now. even think it was that. I, I, I think, I, I'm I think just saying, decision, like, I think the decision was Ahmed. Cause I, like the rook is you draft them dog. You know, you're going to keep that guy. It's not yeah. like I'm going to, Oh, I have to No, It's you have these two other guys in, in Gaskin and Ahmed. And we had to make a decision on that. And Ahmed yeah. was the bigger body 
better, you know, prototypical running back. You know what I mean? Like, like Gaskin's a little bit undersized and all that. So it made sense, you know, why we went with what we went with. But when they're all healthy, bro, those four running backs all together. Nasty. I mean, it's going to be a, a phenomenal running back room. Not the best in the NFL, but you got a deep running back room, man. Four guys that are fast, explosive, can make plays. I'm glad you brought that up because what we saw in the preseason, which I think is encouraging for this running back room, is the amount of carries that they were given to the running backs. I think that's going to be a way that we protect Tua this year. Yep. Right? Where we give Get an extra five, five, seven carries in a game or seven, five balance. to seven plays where you, you're running the ball extra, right? More of a balanced play call. Yeah. You know, you, you got to get the ball on the ground. Can't have two throwing for 50 throws. No, and we saw that Mostert could could hold on to it, right? Like, the, he wasn't necessarily prone to turning over the ball. He had one, one or two games where he fumbled, but that was like, it's pretty normal over a 17-game series uh, season. Um, I just think that the commitment to the run on offense is going to be heavily imposed, heavily imposed this year. It's going to be heavily imposed. Probably makes it easier for Tua to even throw the longer ball, right? Get five, seven, eight guys in the box. Now you're talking about one-on-one, true one-on-one coverage with either Waddle or Hill. Just bodes well for this offense, man. I'm, I'm not worried about the offense, dog. I'm not. It's the defense, you know. I'm Again, not worried about the defense. Uh, well, I have my, the concerns are, you know, we talked about them already. Big Fangio first year, you know, and and then also it's it's the beginning. It's the first year, yeah. first atta- yeah. first game of the season. Last year, what did we see? A lot of shitty tackling. A lot of people Bad not wrapping tackling. up. You know, people getting away. Two, three guys making contact, not taking down, you know, their, their guy, and it's like. We can't we can't have that. Like that's 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 right there is what changes, you know, whether you're in the playoffs or not. So we need to make sure like I I wanna see how sharp we look. You know what I mean? Like yeah. do we look like we're in midseason form game one? Yeah. Well well let me ask you this, right? Taryn Armstead is um the, uh, game time decision. Game time decision right now, right? Um we also have Mike White who won the backup QB job. Over Skyler Thompson, which was an interesting yes. decision. Last year, we won our first game of the season against the Patriots. Remember, 20 to 7? Yep. Tua had 270 yards that game. Does he go over or under for this game against the Chargers? 275? 270 was his number last year. Uh, I think he goes over that. All right. I'm going to go over. All right. Now, can you remember who our leading rusher was for that game? For game one last year? Yeah. Uh, The way you're asking it is going to lead me to believe it wasn't um, Raheem Mostert. He was probably hurt or something like that. Uh, who he wasn't. He played in that game. Did he play? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Was it Miles Gaskin? It was Chase Edmonds, sir. Oh, I forgot we had Edmonds. With a high of 25 yards. How many attempts, <laughs> though? How many total attempts rushing did we have? Uh, we had 23 as a team. How many passing attempts for Tua? 33. That so, was probably the most balanced that we had all That was season. it. Yeah, that was it. The rest <laughs> of the, it was like between 18 and 22 for the yeah, rest of the season yeah. as far as carries. drastic difference. So obviously we're both going on the over for that, right? For most of Because I think that oh, he's, 100%. I think that he's going to be the guy who benefits the most from this new year of offense yeah. behind this offense. Yeah. So. But if you want to go over unders, let's, let's talk season long picture. Let's just okay. not focus on the one game. That's talk what we're going to have for only fans. Um, Speaking of only fans, we got to put a pin on that, put a pin on that. All right. We'll come back to that. But um, over under for Tua. 5,000 yards passing. <sighs> slightly under. Slightly under. And, I, and if, and if it is slightly under, I'll be okay with it. As long as that means that one of our running backs has over a thousand yards rushing. Okay. So I'll take that. I'll take that, you know, that little hit on two and not being 5,000 yards. If it means that we get a running back with a thousand yards rushing. Over under on passing touchdowns for the year. I'm going at least 30. 
Over under. I'll go over. I'll say 31. 31. Okay. I think he, he can do 31. Okay. I like it. Um, <clears throat> over under. No, or, or sorry. Okay. True, or, true or false. Let's go true or false on this okay. one. <laughs> true or false. What is it? Tyreek and Jalen Waddle combined for over 3,000 yards. Yeah, true. True. 3,000? Yeah. Because... Uh, Think about, think it, about I, that. If they do that, think about it Tua this has way. to throw for five. Not if they necessarily. Do for three. Not necessarily, because Tua can still throw for forty five hundred. The yeah. reason being, right, is that there isn't another guy who emerges in order to get enough catches or to put up big performances, right? Like before, we would look at the tight end position and be like, "All right, that's easily six hundred yards that's being gained there, seven hundred yards that's being gained there," right? Because of who was there. Now that person's not there. So I don't know if the tight end or any other wide receiver is going to be exposed enough to the ball, right? In order to make that big difference. Like Braxton Burials, dog, he's going to have to have three catches, 75 yards, damn near every game in order to make up, you know, having 600 yards or 750 yards on a season in order to help push Tua towards over that 5,000. That's why I say that. Like so much offense is going to come between Hill and Waddle that there may not be enough room for anybody else to get up close to that. That's the only way you realistically, because think about it, that's put them over 3,000 yards, then you're talking about another 2,000 yards between what? Six guys? Can they do that, dog? I mean, now, if even, it happens... Even the 3,000 yard is a tough feat, man, between two guys. Not necessarily, you're talk, you're dog. Each of them, they got to have 1,500. If not... Tommy, they were on pace for it last year. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Let's be real. It's, Tua it's, plays five more games, they probably do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? So that's that's why I say that. It'd be crazy. That's why I said it earlier. I think the fluidity of this offense should be at that level. You know, where we're clicking on all cylinders from the time the game starts. Not like going, let's run four series and then see how we get into this game. No, 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 no. Series one, march it down. Let's get six. I I got one last one for you. Shoot. Dolphins, games, one. Fuck. Over, under, 12. I'm going to set my own over-under. I'm sure the Vegas over-under is like nine and a half. Bro, I got I'm going to say 12. Fuck that. 12. 12, 12. is high, dog. We got to win 12, 12 though. 12 and 5, Woody? I'll give you 11. I'll split the difference between what Vegas has and what I just threw out there. Give me I'll, 11. Over-under, 11. It has to be over. It has to be 11. Me? At, at the very minimum, we have to win because 12 gets you the division. Let's be honest. In order for you to be AFC East champion this year, you got to win 12 football games. Bills have shown it. The Bills have shown it. That's the number you got to reach in order to be the division champ, right? Can the Dolphins get there? Yeah. But we would have to beat, you know, a lot of good football teams outside of our division this year. Yeah. You want to put it in, in perspective? The Dolphins have, according to the NFL and ESPN, the uh, second, second hardest, hardest schedule this season. I don't put that much stock into that, though. I mean, I you, you, you got to. You got to take that into a little okay. consideration because, okay. I mean, it, the reason is, though, because of the fact that we play everybody in our division twice, obviously. Right. And our division is stacked. We have, yes. like, the second best division in football, like, it's overall. Hard. If not the best, like, the hardest, most competitive division in all of NFL. That's cool, though. That's okay, though. I, I Again, I don't... I, Every year is a different year. That's why I don't like that. Oh, based off of last year, bro, teams, players left, players no, of came. Of course, of course. They're not going to be the same exact team. Yeah. Just like the Dolphins aren't going to be the same exact team. Yeah. So, But I just, I think, yes, I think, you know, I think 10 games, I think it's not enough to really like 
put your stamp. No, like it starts with game one. I think, dog. I think it's twelve, dog. I think that number is twelve. I think you gotta win. You gotta go out there this year and win twelve games. You, it's not gonna be easy. No, there's but, games that are real tough, but to solidify your position as a playoff contender. You got to give us 12. Super ob- super obvious to say, but it, it really falls or comes down to, to the games that are outside of our division. Starts with game one with facing an AFC opponent in the Chargers. Go out there and beat them. Put yourself in a position where you have a tiebreaker against another possible AFC playoff opponent or contender. Put yourself in those positions. Beat a team like Denver, who we face this year. You know, got to go out there and beat a Kansas City, even though we're playing on, on another side of the world. Go out there and beat them. Super Bowl. Go out there and beat them. Go out there and beat them. Kansas City Chiefs. Beat a Tennessee, another AFC team that can make a playoff run. You got to beat those teams. You got to beat Baltimore. Like Those are teams outside of our division within the conference that you have to win. Those are the games that that, that are going to make the difference for us. Facts. Starts with game one this Sunday, 425 is kickoff in California. Going to be dope, man. Now. Got the Dolphins winning. I mean, by no at least by we're at least even, twelve points. We're not even gonna go in. By on at that. least twelve we know points. What side we're leaning. But I wanted to ask you, my friend. Let's take the pin. If somehow, some way, somebody doesn't get a chance to watch the game, it doesn't okay. have time to watch the game. Wanted a quick recap, some analysis. There's on only the game. one thing they can do. What, what do they got to do, my friend? There's only one thing they can do, my friend. They have to go to the Sports with SoSo YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Put the notifications on. That's that little bell button. I don't know if you guys really know what that means. That's what that's for. Okay. Okay. And then and you what, get introduced get? to OnlyFans. Bam, bam. Oh, yeah. I actually have a for that. Thanks. OnlyFans, baby. <sighs> season two kicking off. And uh, we got a new format for this year. Uh, we got a new member joining the squad, too. It's going to be Joel, the, the Dolphins fan. We got Martin, the... You're butchering these nicknames. No, I'm you not saying. You got myself the delusional dolphin. You're the delusional dolphin fan. You got Everybody dog, knows. Martin Ortega, the skeptic. He's and the now skeptic. We got the new cast member. Introduce him. The boy Rax, dog. You yes, guys know sir. him. Holds it down on the 365 videos. Shout out to Rax. Um, and he's a hardcore Dolphins fan, probably just as delusional as me. Um, a little bit more grounded, but maybe a little <laughs> bit more grounded sometimes, you know. But I know he's he's definitely gonna he's hardcore. Be, he's going to be on, on my side of uh, some arguments. Maybe uh, you know. Depends on the game, depends on, on the outcome. But, like, if you're asking about where you can go to get one good recap as far as a fan's perspective goes, it's only OnlyFans. Yeah. You know, that's the only place you can get that. And then, of course, we forgot to mention, it's going to be moderated by yours truly over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll be hosting it. And I think it's going to be something new and exciting that the fans can get behind as well, right? Um, It's a little bit more interactive for you guys, so... You'll be able to leave comments on the on the videos when we drop them, and you'll be guaranteed to get them every time the Dolphins play football. We're going to give you an immediate reaction to what we just saw yep. on the football field, yep. man. And hopefully it's a lot more dubs than losses this year. Let's go, man. Yeah, I can't wait, dog. Make sure you subscribe, Sunday though. Can't get here soon enough. It's the only way you can get it. You go to Sports with SoSo on the YouTube, hit that subscribe button, baby. Now, let's talk about a guy who's definitely heading towards a, a playoff push in himself. That's Lionel Messi mm. taking Inter Miami CF on his back and saying, "Let's ride." <laughs> Not like uh, what's his what's his name from Denver, Dolphins Country. <laughs> Let's ride, <laughs> Sussel. Yeah, the big time Sussel. Nah, yeah, Messi's the goat, dog. That Bro, guy that is. guy, that guy. What what can we say about that guy? Hasn't lost the game. No, undefeated in the MLS, two wins, one draw. 
Um, and that's what we were talking about last time, Joel, where he doesn't necessarily have to win every single game out there. But you look now, and they're already out of last place in the division or in the conference, and now they're, what, eight points behind the playoff round instead of being like 14 points where they started before they got messy. Like, those, those little things in soccer makes the races interesting, right? Because it's anybody can can go out there and win any game of the season. Now, we just beat a very tough opponent in uh, the Los Angeles FC who were have been MLS champs, have very high-profile f- players, and they they literally one of the best teams out there. Yeah, they're third in their conference. Yeah, and, and Inter-Miami went out there and took care of business. And you would think, well, maybe Messi scored all the goals. Nope, guy didn't even score. No, but he had an assist. Had two assists. Well, he assisted on both goals. Both goals. You know what I mean? To put us uh, to put us in that position. Once to go ahead, and then they scored to tie it up, and then boom, we went ahead again, and it was lights out after that. But if if you think about it, like his impact from that position that he plays, we saw it on the world scale, and now so many people are paying more attention to it because it's happening in the MLS and in our own background, uh, backyard. But like. There are really hard things to do, and this guy is making it look very easy. And, and and it kind of begs the question, is the MLS talent good enough? But every single article that I've been reading recently in the last two weeks is saying how the level of MLS is starting to improve a lot more uh, quicker than what they expected, not only because of Messi, but because of the talent that other teams continue to bring in to kind of deal with the Messi problem. Kind of weird. To see it growing that fast when people didn't expect it. People thought that Messi was just going to come in and dominate, but it hasn't been that. It's been tough, tough games played. He's been dominating, dog. Yeah, but they, these guys are trying their hardest to kill him. Trying, yeah. Like you just said they're they're bringing guys up and they're signing guys they weren't signing before and, and running and running plays and schemes that they haven't done before. They haven't needed to because they haven't faced a player like Lionel Messi. This guy's the goat. Anything you do is not going to be enough. We saw it. We've seen it years and years. Like this guy is, is, is playing with children out there, bro. And even though he might not be the one scoring, he knows how to get the ball in the, you know, in the feet of the right person yeah. to set that up. I mean, the passes that he had to set up the goals Sick. were unbelievable. That pass to Jordi Alba You're not going to get them from anybody else in the MLS, which is, I, I always go back to our first conversation on this. When we, but that's I why you, I disagree right there. You will get them from MLS. They're not just going to, they're not going to look like messy passes, dog. Like, okay, sure. But my, I go back to the first time we spoke about it when I asked you, who's the, who's the best player actively in the MLS? Mm-hmm. And that guy couldn't hold a candle to Messi, dog. <laughs> and then now you brought in a couple guys that know how to play at a high level, like whenever LeBron likes to move around and bring right. guys because they already know how to work with him and know how to play, you know how he plays and all that. Right. That's what he just did now. So it's like, Papa, they, like we need to, we need to see them like, be human again. Like once they lose, we'll be like, oh shit, he is human again. But right now that guy's in, in sicko God mode. Yeah. No, he's just being himself. And he's elevating our team. Like forget about the MLS and what they're doing. He's elevating the rest of our team to play at a level that they hadn't been at before. But if you think, but if you look at the stats, Joel, yes, he's elevating the team, right? Because of his abilities. The other guys are actually putting in the work of being able to finish goals, being in the right position to do something with with the with the crosses or the good passes or you know the second pass from a messy pass. Those guys are really doing their best in order to get the attention on themselves. And four of those guys got called up to their national teams to go play an international break, which is happening right now for a majority of them, right? Oh, oh. Which is again, 
shows that their hard work, if they're put on a good team, that they can perform like that. And they just happen to need a guy like Messi who can do all things, right, to really showcase the best talents. But the, the MLS does have those type of players. It's just not as often that we see them. It's 32 teams in there. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of teams, so the talent is going to be spread out. But case in point, we just beat the shit out of the, uh, LAFC, and that's a good squad. That's a really good squad. And, and again, Messi was pulling the strings and doing his thing, and those are things that we can come to expect from Messi, but it also takes the part of the guys finishing the goals, and we saw that. Um, and that's the X factor, which is why I believe... Yes, Messi's going to help them not lose a lot of games, but what's going to help them win all those games in order to make the playoffs is being in the right position and, and having that confidence about themselves. Soccer is a very game. It's a game that you got to have that mental belief in yourself to be like, yeah, I can score this goal. I can do this. Uh, like, you know, you would think that Leo would already have the most goals, but right now Campana has scored in every, of the la in every game of the last three games, which have been... MLS games. Campana has been in position to be the goal scorer and makes the most of the opportunities being presented to him. Takes a special guy to do that. Not saying he's the best, but, or could be the best, but you have to still put in that work to make those easy goals go in that easy. It's not as easy as it looks. I mean, I know they keep winning and we keep doing well. Some of it is MLS and some of them are other tournaments or whatever, but I mean, I'm still looking at them second to last in the conference, bro. You know, I, even though I know they're only, what, eight points away from, from a playoff spot. Yep. But uh, I, I don't know how many more games are left. I mean, and they I still like have they've two. only had they only have a few left. But look at the, the important thing there. Everybody else is around 27 games, 28 games. Inter Miami's at 25 games. So they have an extra two games in hand on top of everybody else. So they'll have a really good advantage as far as getting to be able to make up those points. And if you look at their schedule, they're not necessarily playing the best of the best right now. They just beat LAFC, right? Now they have a next game on Saturday against Sporting Kansas City, which is a team that's not necessarily doing well this year. They're currently, what, uh, 11th in the Western Conference. Um, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So Inter Miami can go out there and feast. Then they play a tough team in Atlanta, right, who's um, just ahead of the... Right now, 42 points on the season, currently six in the Eastern Conference. But that's a team that's made the playoffs, has made deep runs in the MLS playoffs. Good barometer for the Marlin, for the Inter-Miami to see where they're at. Then you got to go up and play Toronto. A worse team than Inter-Miami right now, so you get to feast on them. So that's a, a possible nine points that they can make up right there while beating teams that are either around them or ahead of them. Very easy to make up, and it wouldn't surprise me to see this team achieve what we talked about, where they can put themselves in a position where those last five games of October are really for them to put themselves between five and eight as far as positioning in the playoffs. And then once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. But their next four games are going to be all MLS games. Um, like I said, they got Sporting Kansas City, Atlanta United, then they're playing Toronto FC and before wrapping up in Orlando. Um, I think that... Out of those four games, they're going to be able to do exactly what they've done in these three games. Win three, not lose one, possibly draw, tie another game. That in itself would be a huge jump in the standings for, for Inter-Miami. And all because of the guy that they brought in to pull the strings, which is Messi. Uh, what an accomplishment to do that, bro. Guys and it's goat, just crazy. Guys are goat. He is, man. It's crazy to see that shit happening. That's and wild. everybody's tuned in, bro. That's must-see TV, bro. Did Everybody. you see how many stars were at that Galaxy game? Wild. Wild. Everybody dying to take a picture with yeah, your bro. boy. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, this dude is is living the rock star life right now in the MLS. And uh, I think that it's just going to bode well for Miami. That would be the fifth team that makes the playoffs in a calendar, quote-unquote, year of sports. Wild. Fucking wild, Love man. that, bro. Miami South Florida is where it's fire. at. We need a ship, though, man. We need a championship. We need somebody to bring us a ship. I'm not going to lie. We need a championship. Possibly you. Could be you. <laughs> Investors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got to give five minutes at least to the Miami Hurricanes. Nah, dog. Yeah, you give know why? Six. Nah, let's let's give them let's give them a little bit of love because give them six. After all the shit that happened last year with them, right, and how un underwhelming the season ended, and like just the struggles that we had through the crystal ball first year, mm-hmm. um, I was I was really looking forward to seeing these dudes step up and play well and ball. And there have been a lot of games where we come out first game of the season and we look whack and we don't do this well and the game is hard for us to win, but we end up winning it anyways. This 38-3 to victory over Miami of Ohio to start the season was exactly what I wanted to see, bro. Um, we saw Tyler Van Dyke make easy throws, right? Get himself comfortable, get himself into the rhythm of the game, right? A lot of screens, which Vic pointed out was going to be the main point of attack. And then we saw something that we didn't see last year with the Hurricanes, a commitment to the run. We saw a solid split of nine carries each between our first three backs, and they all performed really well. I'm talking about um, big runs, strong runs, and touchdown runs. Uh, Harry Parrish Jr. had nine carries for 90 yards with a touchdown. Mark Fletcher Jr., nine carries, 76 yards with a touchdown. Uh, Jay Allen, nine, nine carries, 47 yards no touchdowns, but had a 16-yard run. That type of running game had been missing in a lot of Hurricanes games where we were just depending on scoring touchdowns by the long ball, throwing it deep, throwing it here, throwing it there, and we never really saw it be established early in the games, kind of like the Dolphins. We were like, bro, why don't these teams run the ball? This first game really set the tone for me as far as what I can expect them to try to do things first in games. They'll rely on other things, but I know that the Hurricanes are going to be trying to establish a run-first offense for the rest of the year. How it goes, we'll see, right? Miami of Ohio isn't the greatest of football opponents, but to go out there at home, get a good win on the season, put up touchdowns, look comfortable while doing it, have an easy game for your for your running back, uh, uh, for your quarterback, let your wide receivers get a chance to catch the ball and run and make plays, I felt like it was the perfect opening game that the Hurricanes could have asked for, bro. And, and I'm glad that they had it, especially heading into this big matchup against Texas A&M. Good warm-up game. It was almost like a preseason game. Yeah. And sometimes you need that, yeah. right? What are they, like a tune-up fight? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you kind of It was a tune-up game, you know, the battle for Miami. Obviously, Miami, Florida is the greatest Miami out there. So Of course. Don't get it twisted, Ohio. Ohio sucks. But, um... <laughs> Now we got a tougher test, you know, this week uh, going, yeah. to, you know, a ranked opponent, uh, yeah. you know, first ranked opponent again of the year in Texas A&M. And Texas A&M isn't a joke, right? They're ranked 23rd right now. Um, they're 1-0 on the season. But according to the analy- analytics, the Hurricanes have a real legitimate shot of beating this team by forcing them to come into a hostile environment. Uh, it's going to be a 3.30 kickoff. Fucking hot, if you know anything about that. And I don't think they get that type of heat in Texas. Right, especially where they're from. And if all things aside, I really do think that the Hurricanes have the better of the two quarterbacks. Now, that's going to depend on how well the Hurricanes are able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Right? If we're, if we're going to let Parrish Jr. and and let um, 
Fletcher do their thing. I like that we have Restrepo. I like that Kobe Young had a big play, right? 44 yards. First touchdown of the game. Right? Super big play. I like that he showed that ability. I like that uh, Riley Williams got to play a little bit. Jacoby George has six catches, looked really good and comfortable out there. I like seeing that. I want to see it consistently happen week in, week out. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be the ones making the big-time plays, but I want to see the consistency of performances, right? You get six, seven targets, make six catches. You're a kid. You're not a professional. I expect you to, at the worst, have five catches, not be three of seven. That's a detriment to the team, especially a, a team that doesn't necessarily have big home run hitters. Um, we have a lot of consistent guys, and that can work if we do it consistently. I think that um, this next game against Texas A&M is going to be a, a true test of Crystal Ball himself, right? How he prepares his kids mentally to be on the big stage and to be in front of the big cameras again, right? Because it's going to be an, a, a, a main type of game, 330, ABC, nationwide game, so People are going to be looking at Miami Hurricanes football to see if it's really back under the crystal ball program. This could be a huge statement win, really give himself a lot of momentum and energy for the rest of the season because that other team that we're going to be facing in the ACC later on this year, FSU, went out there and put up an impressive ass kicking of LSU. And that's a team that we're going to have to hope to compete against later on. How can we get prepared for big game matchups like that? Take care of business at home over a really good opponent in Texas A&M. And I think that they can do it. I really do think so. They got to. They have to. They got to. <sighs> yes, they have to. They have to. You know why? Because this program has been long overdue for a big win. Big, notable win, right? Under a big-name coach with a big-name program, right? With the availability of the conference being open. We saw Duke beat the shit out of Clemson 28 to seven in their home, in their home opener at Duke kind of leads me to believe that the race, the rest of the ACC is open. Yeah. Maybe those two teams, FSU and Clemson are favored, but they can be beat. And if they can be beat, then why can't we be the teams that do the beating? Right. That's what I'm, I'm hoping to see this year from the hurricanes show up and fight in every game. Last year, we didn't get that. Some of the quarterbacks went elsewhere in the middle of the games. We had a lot of inconsistencies in the running back. We didn't really have a standout wide receiver. I'm hoping that we see consistency across the board. Defensively, I can't expect a lot from this defense right now because it's still young in the season, and they're going to have to get used to locking in. Yeah, you, you only allow three points to Miami of Ohio, but don't compare. Don't you dare make that mistake of comparing that type of offense against an offense like Texas A&M, yep. right? So I don't expect them to have that type of performance, but don't give up big plays, right? Don't give up 80-yard touchdowns, 75-yard touchdowns. Keep yourself within it. If they do score, make them work for it. 80 yards, 70 yards drive, 60-yard drive. All right, cool. We'll get them on the next one. Let's find a way to get a turnover. That's going to be the way that the Hurricanes win that game against Texas A&M. Force them into long drives. Force them to work hard for their points while making it easier for yourself to be on the field by running the ball. Hopefully those two things happen. Let's yeah. see. Oh, yeah. I just got to shout out my alma mater who uh, tore up Kent State 56-6 to their home opener in the bounce house. It was electric. I'm expecting a big, big season from these boys. Uh, possibly undefeated. 
They're going to go undefeated this season. Let's see. Let's go. They might get invited to a big conference this Let's year. Let's go. There's a lot of reshuffling going around. Yeah, there's, they're, they're already on the move. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're already, I think they're already re-signed. All right. They extended last year. They, they, they just joined. What are we, the Big East? I don't even know what we are. No. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, man. Um, that Texas A&A game for the Hurricanes, 3.30, ABC. Don't miss it. Your boy Soso is going to be in the building. So if you're going to be Big in the 12. building, holla at me. The Big 12, they're making moves. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. is the ACC. The whole sh- Everybody wants to get paid, dog, because everybody's <laughs> getting paid. <laughs> My homie told me that they're taking, that Stanford is going to be in the ACC now, which ACC, make Stanford, Kyle, and... How are these West SMC Coast teams in the Atlantic Coastal Conference? I don't know, man. They're going to have to figure some shit out. It's a mess. They're going to have to figure some shit out, bro. Before we get out of here, we got three quick honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, I mentioned it earlier. The Panthers are getting ready to start their season September 25th. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I think that the question for the Panthers this year is going to be how good can they be this season? We've seen them be amazing in the regular season and be whack. In the post, we see them being, we seen them being whatever in the regular season and then amazing in the postseason. Like, what's the real Florida Panthers team really look like? You know what I mean? Yeah, we got plenty of time for that. Yeah, we have time, but that, that's like that one thing that I'm like, dog, I don't know what to expect with this Panthers team. All the, all, the, all the franchises, I feel like we got them like pretty much down pat. Yeah. This is the one team with the question mark. figuring it out. Last year was a questionable, you know, season, so even weird. though we, we, we made it to the Stanley Cup for the first time in over 25 years. Yeah. The way we, you know, lost that series was not indicative of the rest of our playoff run. So weird. Weird. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how do we bounce back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, you know what? Speaking of the USA uh, performance in the FIBA World Cup, just beat the shit out of Italy, 163. Yeah, so we're still moving on. Moving on up. Oh, we lost to Lithuania, right? Yeah, moving. We're moving. We're moving. Because we had already won that that group or whatever. Correct. Um, Quick question. I wanted to get your thoughts, um, Joel. You're the golf guy, golf expert on this show. Uh, Victor Hovland winning the FedEx Cup. Uh Uh-huh. What'd you think about that? Hell of a great end of the season yeah. by him, right? Yeah, a great end of the season. Kids playing lights out right now. FedEx really Cup, it don't mean shit to me. I mean, the FedEx Cup is a bullshit, you know, title sponsor name hey. that uh, the PGA worked in there. But uh, no, it, it was exciting, man. He he played a hell of a round, uh, played a hell of a hell of a closing, you know, to the season and just got a whole lot richer now with that and heading into the Ryder Cup with a whole lot of momentum for the Euros. Um, yeah. So pretty dope. He, he, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be happy for the kid, man. The ups and you know downs that he's had, and the woes that he's had, whether it was short game or was it putting or whatever. He's one of the purest ball strikers on tour, showing know? that and he now, could win. Now he got the short stuff figured out, and it's like it, he's turning, he's taking his game to another level, and it, it could be scary. He could be, you could be talking about potential world number one could at be. some point for, for or even Hoffman. or even possible Masters uh, uh, major tournament winner this year, right? That's gonna be the, the, the that's next gonna be thing the next Hoffman. level. You know, you can win him. as many FedEx Cups as you want. Like how many major trophies are can in you your pull? trophy case? Yeah, for sure. Uh, last thing before we wrap up, the NBA schedule was released. Yeah, we saw that the man. I mean, he got a Christmas Day game against. finally against Philadelphia at 8 p.m. It's gonna be dope. So Miami Heat basketball on Christmas Eve. That's on uh, Christmas Day. That's gonna be dope. Love that. I love it, man. I feel like we were, were snubbed the past mm-hmm. couple of years as far as getting a primetime game, Agreed. and now people recognize that the Heat are for real. Even though like all we do is make finals and Eastern Conference finals, but whatever. Hey, it's all good, bro. Let them hate. Small things. Small things. Let them hate, dog. Let them hate. Uh, uh, still no Damian Lillard. <laughs> No word on that, dog. Day 1,462 of the Dame Lillard saga. The saga. There's good there. I can't wait to see the 30 for 30 on this. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. But yeah. yeah, cool shit. 
Heat start the season at home, finally, against Beautiful. Detroit. It's going to be dope. Beautiful. October 25th. Yeah. Oh, that's a good tune-up fight right there. That's a good, <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> good tune-up fight for sure, man. You know what time it is, though, dog? It's time to tell the people. To tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. <laughs> to go tell another friend. <laughs> to go tell one more friend about going to our YouTube page, hitting the subscribe button, and making sure the notifications are on. Dolphins football is back, and so is OnlyFans. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss this season, y'all. Mm -hmm. Until next time, peace. peace.